Um, what's up, guys? My name is Alex. I'm a heroin addict. Uh, I've sobriety dated March 26th of this year. Uh, for that guy gets all the credit. Uh, I have a sponsor. You know, this is my sponsor. I sponsor other guys. And Shot in the Dark uh, HA in Costa Mesa is my home group, as well as a wild bunch of Irvine. Um, congrats to all the chip takers. Welcome to newcomers. Congrats, brother. It's fucking super rad. And uh, we're, oh, you're right in front of me. Thank you so much for uh, asking me to speak. Um, so obviously, I said my spread date, it's March 26th. So I have just shy, uh, right under 100 days, right? Um, I've been in and out of these rooms for 15 years. Uh, turned 31 this year. So it's obviously a sign that this has been a problem for a very long time. Um, and uh, been through the steps quite a bit, right? And um, I'll share about my story. But, you know, the, the, the key thing is... Uh, in my story, like I, I continue to do things my way, right? I, I'll do the steps, I'll do the fellowship, I'll say the right things at meetings and all of that. Um, but I'm absolutely full of shit, right? Because I'm not, I'm not being honest about what's going on with me ever. Um, and, and putting up a face and, and making it look like, um, you know, I have it going on, that things are good. And inside, like it's fucking crumbling. And I want to like eat myself off of the building. And, um, and that's just kind of been every single stint in sobriety uh, has been that, right? And so um, I guess go back uh, from Minnesota um, and uh, I've moved, by the time I was about seven, eight years old, I'd moved probably 11 times, I think it is. Um, my dad, um, first job, we moved back and forth randomly between Ohio and Minnesota, just different cities and different places. And um the dog is chilling. I love that. Um, we moved around a lot. I, I was uh, brought up in a Lutheran household in a super private school like type environment. I uh, actually used to do it's like hot. Sorry. Um, I used to do these fucking little sermons for my sisters. Um, because I thought I was going to be a pastor. Um, obviously, that's <laughs> uh, and like I, I had this very sheltered, cliche upper middle class white family type bullshit. You know what I mean? And um, then my we moved to Ohio one last time, and my uh, dad. The main reason he wanted to go out there is because he was fucking some other woman, and she lived in Ohio. And so my mom found out they got divorced and my mom hadn't worked in forever. And so we, uh, we ended up, um, going from money, right. in the private school situation, all of this to like as opposite as you could fucking go. Um, we moved to a shitty part in Columbus, Ohio. Um, dad ended up losing the job and trying to start his own company. So like his money was tight. So there's no child support or anything. So, um, my focus was raising my two sisters uh, who are pretty close in age, raising them while my mom worked two jobs. So that was from like the age of nine on um, until about 12, 13. And so my focus was that it was like kind of being a dad. It was a really weird situation. Um, so I didn't really you know I'd be a kid. And then not only that, I had this private school upbringing. So when I go to school and then act the same way, instantly just started getting bullied. Um, that was, um, kind of this this huge deal i didn't actually realize how big of a deal it was until recently um that it like literally uh 
is the basis, like this agreement that I have with myself that like, I'm not worthy, right? Because of all, like everybody else. And I'm so concerned about what other people think that it fuels every single thing that I do, every single defect of character that I have. Um, and so I, you know, I was bullied, I was picked on and I was raised with my sisters and that, that was it. That was like what I knew. I didn't know like what suicide was. I didn't know like what any of that kind of stuff was. There was no mental health. Like I didn't go to a therapist or anything. Uh, I just remember like hating life. Um, but all that being said, like I was a really like this kid that had these gnarly grandiose dreams of being like, I was gonna be an actor. It's gonna be a musician. I was gonna do this. I was gonna do that, right? And um, bless my mom. She's fucking rad. You know, every single dream I ever had, she just pushed me. She's like, yeah, you could do it. You know what I mean? And um, from my dad's side, he's like, show me a paycheck and I'll let you do it. Um, and so that was kind of, I got both sides of it. And um, I, I remember just one moment in uh, sixth grade where I was walking home and these two guys just out of nowhere from school pushed me down, start beating my face in and then walk away. And so I was just like, so this is life, right? And I got really, really resentful, really, really angry at the world. Um, but at the same time, like I was just a passionate kid about a lot of different things and it just didn't seem to fit in with the mold of the world, right? Um, the thing I had going for me, I guess is like far as cool or whatever at the time was I started skating and played hockey. Uh, I did things like that. I started getting into um, punk music and um, eventually we finally made it back to Minnesota. My grandparents took us in and my mom finally got a job like that was good. And we started like kind of getting on our feet and things like that. But all I did was just go to another school where I'm like, okay, I'm going to change my identity and this is going to work. And everyone saw through it. Right. I've never been authentic in my entire life. You know, like there's always just like some kind of role that I'm trying to play to get you to like me. And that was just kind of a pattern, um, this like corroding thread in my life until, I mean, now it's something I struggle with, right? It's just like trying to define who I am rather than just being currently a garden variety fucking heroin fucking addict, alcoholic, you know what I mean? I'm just fucking human doing the best that I can. Um, so we moved to Minnesota. I have an older brother from my dad's first marriage. Obviously my dad likes to cheat um and uh he uh was that guy he, when he graduated high school he graduated with a 4.2 while selling coke doing 80s all day right the kind of guy that hears one song and plays it perfectly on the guitar like just right away it's like fucking pisses me off um and uh, i was uh when i was 13 years old my 13th birthday uh went to hooters with my family for my birthday because you know 13 years old so boobs and um we did that and my brother uh, took me to hang out with a bunch of high school friends. Uh, we drank fucking Bacardi O and uh, smoked weed. And that was my first experience getting high and drunk. And I remember I'm sitting there in the basement on those like exercise balls or whatever, just bouncing up and down. Everyone else is upstairs doing whatever. And I'm just like laughing at bad boys um, was on TV and um, just fucking anytime someone comes down, they're talking to me and I realize now they're laughing at me. Right. But I was just like, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, friends and they're older. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> and, uh, but there's consequences from the very beginning in almost every single one of my situations. Uh, my brother uh, was trying to make brownies, uh, pot brownies, obviously, and uh, put the melted THC butter in a Dixie cup. Um, so it's boiling. 
and that's plastic not even it's like paper so it just like melts right through all over his hand he gets like uh third degree burns so i have to figure out how to drive his car i've never driven before stick shift like celica or something and i had to drive it in the middle of the fucking night high and drunk for the fucking first time right and uh we get there still to this day i don't know how um, but we get home he goes to the hospital and comes back with the script of vicodin and he looks at me he's like bro you want to try this it's like 3 30 in the morning and i'm on like already a hangover i'm like no get the fuck away from me and um but that was kind of like the start the, the, like the seed was planted you know what i mean um that same year i got into musicals and theater and uh that was a huge passion of mine uh, i was like the choir kid uh except I didn't have this voice. It was like a double soprano. Um, that's high if you don't know what that is. Um, and uh, it's talking around like this all the time. And uh, <laughs> so that never helped my cause. I was like short, fat, hadn't hit puberty yet, super tight. And um, I was like, I got into this and I'm like with these high schoolers now, like I got a, like a supporting character role and I'm in a high school musical, not the high school musical. And um, we're and I got I couldn't even fit in there you know what I mean because I was just always trying so fucking hard for you to like me and everyone can see through it and then when I finally would be like rather than stand up for myself I would spaz like I would just like let it build let it build and then freak out and people would be like what the fuck is wrong with this person you know what I mean and then I would simmer down and then we'd go through the cycle again um and uh anyways so between eighth and ninth grade I uh hit puberty, was skating all summer, found some friends that smoked weed uh, and became the goth kid. So um, all my friends were also a bunch of rejects. And so shit just started like working out. You know what I mean? Like I didn't care anymore. I went from being a 4.0 student to uh, using my textbook to skate down the, the stairs at school. Um, so I got suspended for that amongst like seven other times that year. And um, oh my God, that year fucking rocked. Right. Like, cause like, even though like I was a hundred percent, like making all of it up being like, yeah, I totally know that band. And they're like, it's a clothing company. Okay. Like, it's like just making it up as I go along and then like doing research online and fucking the old ass windows computer and like trying to figure this out. Right. And we're all in AOL and some messenger fucking, it's a fucking sweet time back then, you know? And um, it was cool, you know? And I, I started actually making friends. Uh, friends that I had for years to come after that. Um, but I was fucked up all the time. Um, school was no longer a priority. My mom had married this, uh, I don't know why. This guy had, he's like six foot two, skinny with the gnarliest beer belly, NASCAR loving, no teeth having, um, pull tabs every single day, can't pay the rent type of guy. Um, and so that was my stepdad and his two kids were also awesome. And, um, and so between them and then my sisters, right. And we're all living in this house. It was just kind of a chaotic situation. Everyone's going through puberty. Everyone's fucking freaking out. We're all around the same age. My mom is, we're, we have enough money, dual incomes coming in, but we're struggling somehow. And, um, then my mom decides to become the cheerleading coach, which helped me a lot, I'm sure. Um, and so it was just, it was chaos all the time. Um, what I found out, though, is that you cannot bully your drug dealer. And so that's what I became. And that was the identity I had. My brother um, hit me up and he said, I have 1,000 OC80s. I said, what the fuck? I'm like, okay. He's like, can you move them? I'm like, absolutely. 
And uh, we started to, uh, the next week, um, he's uh, wanting, I'm in school and he's like, just give me the contact so I can sell while you're in school. And I was like, that makes no sense. Like, that's my business. And he's like, stop being a Diego from below. Um, and I'm like, you're being a fucking Diego. And uh, I'm like, fuck it, I'll leave school, I'll be right there. And I go to meet up with him and he's not there. And um, we, I go to the gas station he's always at and um, five undercovers come swarming in. And um, turns out I was a very innocent looking kid. Uh, I was like, I'm just trying to see my brother. And um, I had a, like a bottle of uh, various pills, but none of them were the eighties or what he stole. And so I was like, they let me go with it, which was really weird. They like, let me have my Adderall and everything that wasn't prescribed. Uh, but my, my brother robbed uh, three pharmacies uh, with a note um, for, uh, for Oxy in those times. And so he got locked up and uh, I continued on with what I was doing. Um, like Derek, I got into the music scene um, heavy and that became like my life. Like it was like um, finally like finding my people, you know what I mean? Music was absolutely everything to me. Um, doing the warp tour thing, all that it was super fun. But here's the thing: um, with every band that I was in, I screwed up. I screwed up with my drug use. Every single like idea, I I had this clothing company that I started at 18 years old. Um, my best friend Steve, uh, who has passed recently, um, he maxed out his credit card so I could get the first shirts, and I got a spot on warp tour. And all somebody had to do is they came up to me like, hey, this random guy needs um, some opiates. Do you have any? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. And so I leave everything sitting there in the booth, go with him to try to be a rock star for a fucking second, come back and I'm like, grab some clothing so I could go throw it off the stage. So all my profit, I'm literally just throwing off in there. Right. And by the end of it, all of it's gone. I have nothing to show for anything. I owe this man money. My best friend more than anything. Owe him money. And I still have the, like this insane delusion that like, this is it. I'm fucking killing it. You know what I mean? And um, eventually like I wasn't allowed back. You know what I mean? It takes a lot to not be allowed back at those kinds of things, you know? And um, people didn't want to deal with me. And so I just kept moving from one group to another group. Um, oh, this is probably important. Uh, 18 years old, I was actually straight edge for a year. No drugs, no alcohol, no promiscuous sex, no cigarettes. And uh, this is how fucked up my thinking is. I robbed Wells Fargo sober. Yeah. Um, so I caught my first felony. Um, I turned myself in because I was, they were investigating it and I didn't want it to become a federal charge. And so I was able to get off with just a felony locally. Um, but it ended up um, eventually stacking up to a lot more and um it was at this point where I'd kind of just given up the idea of like being a functional adult. Right. Um, I planned on being dying before on 27 to join the club. Right. Like this was my goal. Uh, I didn't know what love, I, I, I couldn't fathom the idea of loving another person. Right. Every relationship I was in was as codependent as it fucking can be. Right. Like if you do not text or call me back in a second, like I'm going to find where you're at to make sure you still love me, you know, and an absolute psychopath. And um, my brother gets out. We start hanging out and uh, he introduces. I remember I, I, uh, I got a shitload of fentanyl and that was for the warp Tour situation. And uh, 
this guy's like, I don't know what these are, but my aunt has a shitload of these. How much are they worth? I'm like a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gives me a bunch of these patches and um, we ran out because we were doing a copious amount of them. Uh, and so it was on my 20th birthday that my brother uh, came into my room. He's like, I know we're out. So try this and shoots me up for the first time. And that was like that final fucking arrival. You know what I mean? Like that was everything. That was the ultimate fucking feeling. Like there was nothing better than that. Nothing will ever be better than this. And I was going to chase that for the rest of my life. And um, the next year, my brother ended up going to treatment out here, uh, Michael's house, I think. And um, so I was kind of stuck on my own trying to figure it out and uh, couldn't find what he was finding. So I found other shit like tar and started smoking it. And within four months, I had four more felonies. Um, I'm not that hard, though. It's not like from like, like holding anybody up, right? Like no gun charges or anything like that. It's all white collar crimes. It's me manipulating and convincing you to give me what you have, right? One of the charges I didn't even know was a thing. It's called felony theft by swindle. It's because I convinced you that what's yours is mine. Um, And so I had these charges. I try to go get sober finally, right? And um, at this point, I'd already gone to treatment at 15 because my mom caught me smoking weed. And so that was a justification for me to go to my first outpatient as an adolescent. Um, in and out kind of a little bit and then stopped doing it for five, four years. And I uh, got introduced back into the rooms out here. I actually went to Michael's house as well 10 years ago. And um, my experience wasn't a positive one. I convinced them that I had ADHD so that they could give me Adderall. You know what I mean? I traded that for Suboxone. I would hijack meetings and talk about how um, all the cool things I had done in my life for 30, like 30 minutes, people telling me to stop and be like, yeah, 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 wait a second. I got to tell you this though. Um, just anything I could do because I just want you to think I'm fucking cool or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm um, just so full of shit. And uh, I couldn't cut it. Obviously, I ended up getting loaded again. And um, while I was out, I uh, went back to that same treatment center and I got mail forwarded to me that said that I caught the charges. They finally like gave them all to me and said I had a court date. I missed the court date. And so I went back to turn myself in. They held me for six months. So my, it was like my first time like experiencing jail. Um, somehow, I for some reason, I agreed to 10 years probation. Um, that was a really bad idea. Uh, that's impossible for anybody, I feel like, especially if you're loaded. And um, I got out and I, I continued the pattern, right? I got nine months going to some like kind of halfway house type thing, but I was right in my, my area. I wasn't doing the steps. I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't being honest. I was just kind of existing in these rooms, right? Taking what you say, regurgitating it back. I'm sober. Let's move on. And um, just continue to use in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, finally, uh, the courts said that they couldn't have it. They had enough. I was kept missing the UAs. I kept not showing up. Um, but I had just enrolled in school and I brought, like, did all this stuff. I'm like, look, I have my life together. I'm doing this. And the judge looking dead in the face, he's like, they have school in prison. And so they sent me there. Um, prison was probably the easiest time in that time because I didn't have it's very fucking simple you eat the food when you're supposed to eat the food you do what you're supposed to do and then you fucking chill and read books and work out like it's really fucking easy and um, so that's all I did and I got out and 
figured out that I can't, this is if I bite my lip, spit blood into urine, that they'll think it's a kidney infection and that they'll give me painkillers. And so while I'm parole, they continue to UA me. I showed up for every single one of them, but the day you have 24 hours to do it. So I'd find out 10 AM one day, find out that my color got called, go to the hospital, get the prescription, go to the UA, show up with it saying, Oh yeah, I'm on this. I remember getting off parole and she's like, it's really weird how many times they're on Percocet. I was like, I know it is. It's just a lot of pain, a lot of kidney issues. And, um, <clears throat> I, uh, but what I figured out is that if I work and I'd never really held a job before, if I work and show up for that, and at least at family events, I don't nod off that people are going to think that I'm doing okay. Right. I had a townhouse with some friends. And so like on the outside, it seemed okay. So my dad's like, you're doing well. <laughs> so I want you to come out to Las Vegas and work for me. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm killing it. It's, it's amazing. And so I, uh, went back, I went to Vegas to work for him and, uh, detoxed myself and just told him I had the flu. And, um, I'm like, I'm finally in a different place. I can start over. There's nothing here. I was drinking like a gentleman, um, but I wasn't doing heroin. I wasn't touching anything else. And, uh, I remember I was trying to get into the music scene out there. I'm like, that's going to be the answer to my problems is getting back into that. And, uh, I saw one guy that I followed on Twitter posted something like kind of coded word, but I was like, that's about heroin. And I messaged him. I'm like, Hey, do you have heroin? He's like, yeah. I was like, Oh, tight. So, and then I just found a connect and it was like two months in. Um, it's really easy when you're fucking wanting to find shit, you're going to find shit anywhere you go. The geographic doesn't work. Um, and that was when I was introduced to meth and gambling. Um, so uh, that was uh, up for days, gambling, shooting a shitload of heroin, smoking a shitload of heroin. And uh, I ran out of money, obviously, because you don't win. And uh, stole from my dad uh, a shitload. And eventually he's like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, forced me to go back to Minnesota. And um, this is where what I consider to be like that rock bottom originally. Um, I remember long story short is I was selling for people that I shouldn't be selling for. And I was sitting there in the bush or on the grass doing this back and forth. Cause I'd been up for days and I'm hallucinating and there's some like rustling in the bushes and I'm yelling at the bushes for the cops to just come out and just fucking come on, just finally get me. I'm fine. I'm ready to go do this, you know? And, um, it was a woman and her like little toddler gardening. And uh, I, it was July 4th, I remember 2015. And uh, I called my mom and uh, I said, I'm done. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. She knew exactly what I meant. And uh, luckily I was still on her insurance. She was nice enough to do that, even though she wouldn't talk to me. And uh, I came out here to 449. Um, and I've been in California other than a nine month period. That was complete hell. Um, since then this is what i've experienced right is i've relapsed out here many many times and um wherever i i go like i take myself with me right like my problem is my thinking the drugs the alcohol like the food food's a huge thing for me um like all of that isn't the problem you know what i mean it, it is the way that i process the world around me I found out that like I had this crazy fucking allergy, right? 
that I have this spiritual malady uh, and this fucking mental obsession, right? And I cannot stop it on my own. Uh, and I'd never understood that with all the time I was in, in and out of these rooms, I didn't understand that. And I remember uh, I was getting loaded out here and I was finally just gonna go turn myself in in Minnesota. I was like, I'm done. I'd rather just go do prison and come back and figure it out after that. And I remember <clears throat> it was uh, the guys from 449 dropped me off at Theo Lacey and uh, turned myself in. And I'm like, I'm just here to get extradited. That's it. Um, so I was sitting in jail and there was this guy in a bunk next to me. Somehow the topic of like rehab or something like that came up. I don't even remember, but uh, we started talking and uh, he brought up that he's struggling. And I'd been in the rooms enough to know like the general basic idea of step one. Right. And I had memorized the third step prayer. And so uh, we sat there, we talked, basically like confirming that he was an alcoholic, that he came in a, in a drug addict and came up with that on his own. And then we prayed together. We did the serenity prayer, Lord's prayer, and the uh, third step prayer. Went to bed and at five in the morning, they woke me up and they're like, you have court. I'm like, I absolutely not. They're just coming to pick me up. No, going back to bed. He's like, do you want to go or not? It's like, okay. And I go, <clears throat> and apparently Minnesota doesn't want me. They said that they didn't want to, want anything to do with me to leave me there stay in california just don't get arrested because they're not going to drop the extradition thing but like just don't get in trouble and um so they released me at night i was supposed to have bought a bunch of commissary commissary uh to give to the guy that had the keys <clears throat> and um somehow i got released with the money the commissary never came a guy gave me a bus pass because he just said um he bought me, gave me a 30 day bus pass if I was willing to buy him some food at the TGI Fridays there. Uh, and then another guy's like this cocky fucking Newport dude. And he's like, man, that was like my third DUI, but here I am out. And like, he's like, you want plenty? You look like you need money. He gave me 20 bucks. And then a random other dude is like, hey, um, if you can buy me some food, my mom's picking me up and we can at least get you down to Mission Viejo. Right. He's like, there's a lot of weird shit happening. Um, <laughs> And uh, we get to Mission Viejo. I'm on 2% on a phone that doesn't have service, right? I'm the only clothes I have are what's on my back. <clears throat> and uh, there was a guy that had picked me up for a couple me uh, meetings down here uh, that I annoyed the shit out of, but I had his number. And for some reason, I thought to call him. And it was like two in the morning. And for some reason, he picked me up. He's like, are you sober? And I'm like, yeah, I've been sober, I guess, like nine days now. And he let me sleep in his place, do my laundry got me food, brought me into the treatment the next day, right? And this was this point where I just realized that there was something else out there, right? Um, and that guy saved my life. He eventually became one of my best friends. And um, I'll wrap it up here. In that process, I ended up getting 14 months and uh, going out. Right, because I got a girl who's a normie who's like 10 years younger than me. Uh, and uh, she liked to do cocaine and she wouldn't do what I told her to do. And so I was stressed on Halloween. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go pick up. I was out for about four, day, four days, then I get nine months. And this is the pattern over and over and over again, right? I'm fucking being honest. And so what has happened is from this lack of honesty, 
because of my manipulation, because constantly I'll get the job, I'll get the career, I'll get all the things back, right? And I manipulated my way into it the entire time. Um, I end up getting loaded because none of it's fucking real, right? I took, I, I said that I did all of that. I like what you said and the fact that like, this is nothing to do with me. This is AA, right? This is God. And like, that's 100% the situation that I, I wasn't grasping, right? I had the concept in my head that like, I did this. So I deserve this. That's fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? And so I continued to get loaded. And this last run was three months. Uh, I got loaded with the, my roommate uh, who's sitting right here. Uh, you just heard speak, right? And, <laughs> and it was a fucking toxic situation. The fact that we're sitting here speaking at a fucking meeting together, still living together is fucking wild and not us at all, right? I was placed in this, in this miserable situation. And um, God was not going to let me die. God just kept letting me get more miserable. Money kept showing up. The issues that you run into that you would like commit crimes like weren't happening. I was like in my head, a functional heroin addict, right? But I was fucking so goddamn miserable and hated myself. I avoided the mirrors. There's no way that I was going to, I could not function. I was gaslighting and just being horrific to my girlfriend, right? And I remember I was sitting there with uh, Suboxone and dope in my hand. Um, it was, I guess, 97 days ago. And I was sitting there fucking crying and I called a guy. I was like, I don't know what to do here. I have dope and I don't know what to do with it. And he's like, just fucking flush it. And for some reason I did, right? And I detoxed myself, which sucked. And, uh, Four days later, I was in Chino to pick up. And what ended up happening was my best friend called me. I lied to him and told him that I was going to an HA meeting. And uh, I guess kind of was heroin meeting. I don't know. Um, and uh, another person called me after that that I don't really like, but he's in the rooms. And he just called me to see how I was doing. And I was like, oh, I can just be honest with him. And I'm like, yeah, I'm literally in the parking lot waiting for my dude. And he's like, you should not do that. <laughs> and it's like, I guess. And for some reason, I fucking turned around. And amazingly, the guy texted me when I finally got home. And Chino's obviously not that fucking close. And he's like, sorry, dude, my phone is being weird. I didn't get your text. Didn't know yet you were there. Right? And uh, like to, to truly like know that I'm sober by the grace of God is an absolute gift. You know what I mean? The one thing I can say is like the, the, the shit that I've learned in and out of these rooms and having time before, like you don't lose that. Yes, but it fucking gets harder. I'm in my thirties now detoxing. is not the fucking same as it used to be when I was fucking in the early twenties and it gets fucking worse. You know what I mean? I've had a lot of friends die. Two of my three best friends growing up are both dead, you know? And, um, I truly am like sober by the grace of God and from this program. Um, and the steps it's really fucking simple if you do the steps like your sponsors like jobs like put your hand in god's you know what i mean but you have to fucking do the work and um yeah i uh th this program is as i absolutely saved my life and um if there is anybody here looking for a sponsor i live in costa mesa but i have a car so we'll fucking make it happen um uh, that's all i got thank you <laughs>